0: Well, this morning um, is not going to be a uh, what I would call a typical message. Um, we are going to take a, a break from our current series called "I Am," in which we have been looking at the uh, "I Am" statements of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to take some time, if you will, to think, to ponder, to reflect, to. Th- celebrate, to look back, as well as to look forward um, at the things that God has been doing and has done and is calling us as a church to be this morning. Uh, I think that sometimes, and this certainly is no different here at Summit Ridge as with any church or any organization, is that we can get so busy just doing things. We can get so busy in the functioning of the church that we might sometimes forget why. Why do we do what we do as a church? Or more importantly, why are we a part of the church? And specifically, why are we a part of Summit Ridge Community Church? And so it's good for us every once in a while, I think, to take a time out to say, okay, Let's celebrate. And more than that, let's take a look and remember why we are who we are and why we do what we do here at Summit Ridge Community Church. And I think this, more than now, is so important for us to do, right? Particularly when I think we have, as churches, faced in some ways kind of this existential, how's that for a word? Right, this existential, which means why do we exist essentially? Um, why do we exist? This kind of existential, you know, challenge this, this past year, at least if not more than that, when we have faced challenges that, quite frankly, for many of us, if not all of us, we have never had to face, never have to face in terms of a global pandemic that has, if you remember. For a time, we as a church, and for that matter, many churches in this country, did not meet in person. And in fact, there are churches even now that have continued to make the decision not to meet in person because of the pandemic, because of wanting to keep their people safe and be appropriate. And that's the determination they have made. Where other churches like ourselves have continued to meet, but have done so in a very limited capacity and making sure we keep our numbers manageable that we all of a sudden now are social distancing each other in terms of our seating even and making sure that we are being appropriate when we wear masks and making sure we have you know antibacteria gel available and all of those kinds of things that all of a sudden now in response and this is perhaps more than anything even more so than the divisiveness of a recent election and the reality of our country being incredibly divisive I think the global pandemic has caused more of an existential thing or crisis or challenge to the church than anything else that we have faced this year. Because all of a sudden now, it has forced us to ask a simple question. What is most important? As a church, what is it that we hold incredibly, you know, of of significant value in our church? What is it that as a church, we think we really, really need to have? Right? And so I think today is just so important for us to once again be reminded of who we are. That today in a culture of which we are still having to deal with a pandemic, in a culture when we have just come off an election, specifically here in this country, that has was incredibly divisive, and it not only divided families, it not only divided friends but it also divided churches it also divided christians in this whole thing and why what 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 is our response in other words in the midst of everything that we are going through in all of the challenges that we are having here what is our path going forward and specifically what is our path as summit ridge community church going forward Because there are unique challenges that are going to happen here. And by the way, it's interesting, there are, you know, this hope, right? I know I have this same hope. And the hope is that maybe we'll get back to normal. Whatever that means. What normal is, is just familiarity. That's really what it is. Familiarity is normal. And we like familiarity, don't we? We like predictability. We like to know that we have certain things that throughout the day that are going to happen, and we like to know that those things are going to happen. We like to know that when we wake up, there might be certain things that we know what we're going to do. We're going to drink our coffee. We're going to read the news. We're going to watch the news. We're going to do whatever. We're going to do these things that it's just very that we're going to go to a job that will be there not only today but tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day that our Kids will be home and all that kind of stuff. Families will be the same, all that kind of stuff. But we know that that is not guaranteed, is it? Normal is never guaranteed. Oh, and let's just throw in there the fact that, by the way, if you think you are normal, you're not. (laughs) I'm not normal either. Okay? We all have, and we kind of joke, we have joked for years in our staff about this we all have freak flags we all have certain things in our lives that we are just it's just weird right just weird and certain idiosyncrasies or certain things that we like and all that kind of stuff whatever it is we are not normal as much as we may want to be we are not normal in fact just the opposite we are abnormal we are different we are diverse and that's a beautiful thing And so I say this to say, you know what? I don't think for at least the foreseeable future, we will go back to what we have considered to be normal here at Summit Ridge Community Church. I think in many ways what this pandemic has done has changed us, and not only us, but church in general, not only here in this country, but around the world for the foreseeable future. It is going to be different. And so the question before us is simply this. What is our path forward? What are we going to do? How are we going to proceed going forward? And this morning I want to share with you two things, which I consider to be fairly simple things, not easy, but simple things about our path going forward. Okay. And these two simple things I want to share with you today, and I hope that as you see what these two simple things are, that you'll be like, well, that makes sense. Well, I I hope, you know, this, this is somewhat reassuring. I hope that you'll be not only reassured, comforted, but maybe even inspired, I hope, by what I will share with you today. Because I think that these two things, for us as a church, is what we ought to be doing going forward. Okay? Now... With that in mind, here's the first thing going forward. In this time, as we look at going forward, here's what we're going to do. We are going to continue to be the church. Mind-blowing. I know, right? We are going to continue to be the church. Now, the question is, what is the church? What does it mean to be the church? And for that, I want us to go to Scripture, Because the New Testament, where it birthed this idea, this bride of the the bridegroom, this church, this thing called church, the New Testament has a lot to say about what the church is. And perhaps the earliest description of the church is found in Acts chapter 2. And I want to share with you the following verses, verses 42-42. 47. And remember that the church at this point in Acts has just started. This is the second chapter of Acts. This is incredibly early on after Jesus has been raised from the dead and has been now ascended into heaven, that now the Holy Spirit has come and has rested on all followers of Jesus, that we have this beautiful thing that has started called the church, or in Greek, ecclesia. You won't remember that, but as I shared before, I paid a lot of money to learn that word, and therefore I'm going to share it with you. Ecclesia is the Greek word for church. It's where we get words like ecclesiology and stuff like that, which you will never probably encounter and no problem. But literally, that word in some ways means a gathering of people. It's the church. But listen to this description of the early church. And this, by the way, is oftentimes used as a benchmark. And you hear churches say that. We want to be an Acts 2 church. Maybe you've heard that phrase before. This is where they're getting this from, the description I'm going to read for you out of the following verses. And it says this, beginning with verse 32. They were continually devoting themselves, they being the early Christians, they being the apostles, they being those... Who most likely even walked with Jesus personally. Okay? They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the end of fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, did you catch right there, right in the opening of these verses I shared with you, right in verse 42, there were four specific things that marked the church. The one was this, the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay? In other words, they gathered together and they listened to what the apostles taught. Why? Because these apostles walked with Jesus. They were with Jesus personally. They heard what Jesus was teaching, and therefore they were teaching them what Jesus taught them. Okay? They were devoting themselves to that teaching. And not only that, did you catch the other one, is that they were in fellowship with each other. They spent time together. And they also broke bread together. Now that could be a double meaning here. One is they shared meals together which is most likely the context here because as was shared in the following verses that's what it seems to be saying as they were going from house to house eating together, right? And not only that, also sharing in communion in the bread and the cup. And then finally the last element here was prayer. Was prayer. So, devotion to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Those four things. Now, There's another aspect in addition to this that also marks the church, and it's also known as the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. And this is, of course, what Jesus shared with his disciples just before he ascended into heaven, and he said the following here in these verses 18 through 20. He said this, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now think about that. All authority. All authority. Which is really interesting is I want us, any time that Jesus says this, and this is not the only time he says this. He did say it another time. When he's given all authority. Notice what he does with it. Notice what he does with his authority. And how different that is from maybe how you and I would practice authority. This is what Jesus says. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I commanded you. Again, the apostles' teaching. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So five things. Five things that typically mark a church. Devotion to the apostles, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, and making disciples. Did you catch that? Any church that you go to who is worth its weight, who says we are here to worship Jesus Christ, any church, chances are, who follows Jesus will have these elements. All five of them. All five of them. Which is why, oftentimes, you can go from church to church to church and see so many similarities. See so many similarities. Because we should all be on, for the most part, the same page. We are all the church. And therefore, we should be doing these things as the early church did. Teaching Which is why here at Summit Ridge, for instance, we teach out of the Bible. We have sermon series that are out of the books of the Bible. You know, we are dedicated to teaching what are the apostles' teachings. Who wrote most, if not all, of the New Testament? The apostles, right? Paul wrote a good deal of it, right? Certainly, right? Those are the apostles' teachings. We are dedicated to teaching that here. You know, we spend time in prayer. We certainly spend time in fellowship and breaking of bread. Certainly before the pandemic, we have been always known as the eating church, right? Right? We 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 are always good about that sort of thing. You know, we're gonna have a meeting, we've got to have a meal. A meeting with a meal. By the way, if you even serve on a leadership board, whether it's you know as an elder or as a deacon or whatever else, there is now become and it's habit forming. It's habit forming. I, it's like Pavlov's dog. You walk into my office, and immediately people will go, Dan, where's the candy? <laughs> right? Because you got to have something there. Right? Um, it's just how it is. But every church is serious about doing these five things. And as a church, we need to continue to do them. We need to continue to be the church. It brings up unique challenges. But our goal, our calling is still the same. Whether it's Summit Ridge or some other church, we need to continue to be the church even through this pandemic. We need to continue to teach. We need to point people to Jesus. We need to pray. We need to fellowship as best and safely as we can. We need to make disciples. We need to do these things. It is important. We do not lose sight of these things. These five things are essential to us. John Stott, the late theologian and author and pastor, said the following, These then are the marks of the ideal church. Love, suffering, holiness, sound doctrine, genuineness, evangelism, and humility. These are what Christ desires to find in his churches as he walks among them. In other words, what happens as a result of these five things are the things that John Stott talks about. It's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture. And as we walk through these challenges, and as we walk through this next year as summit ridge we need to continue to be the church okay as every church needs to continue to be the church that is the umbrella by which we fall under along with every other church this is what we need to do now that's the first one here's the second one It's mind-blowing get ready for it the first one is we will continue to be the church here's the second one we will continue to be summit ridge community church We will continue to be Summit Ridge Community Church. Now, every church should be dedicated to those five things as I shared before. However, how each church expresses those five things is what gives each church its unique position in the body of Jesus Christ. We are not all the same. Okay? And that's good. We are incredibly diverse. Which is why the things that may be different in every church is not so much the five things, it's how they are expressed in each church. And this is no different here at Summit Ridge Community Church. We have here at Summit Ridge Community Church a very specific identity, a very specific way in which we express those five things that every church should be doing. And we as a church, Summit Ridge Community Church, Need to once again remember what our unique identity, our unique expression is. Okay? And there are for us a couple of things that we need to realize. One is we are part of the Brethren Church. Okay? That is our denominational identity. Okay? That is our denominational identity. We are part of the Brethren Church. And the Brethren Church has a unique way of expressing the five things that every church should aim for. Okay? And we are no different. We don't do it the right way. We don't do it the wrong way. We just do it differently. Let me just make that very clear, okay? Let me just make that very clear. I know we sometimes kid and we sometimes joke around that, you know, I, joke, I do the same thing, right? We baptize three times forward here and I say, well, we baptize the right way. We baptize the way that Jesus was baptized, right? Not the way he was baptized. But we joke about it. It's just different, Okay? And we need to understand that. Here at Summit Ridge Community Church, our expression is tied up with also our denominational identity. We are brethren. Okay? And as a part of that, the way we express ourselves is in a, oftentimes a very simplistic manner. It isn't often what we might consider to be what might other churches do with more of a, 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 a multimedia presence, for instance. We are more simplistic in that way. We tend to be smaller. You know, the largest church in our denomination, probably four or 500 people, that's it. I mean, we, are, we tend to be smaller in our gatherings. That's how we are. It's just what it is. Not to say that you can't be bigger, not to say that we can't, you know, have bigger gatherings or anything like that. It's just how we are. Now, not only that, here at Summit Ridge Community Church we have a specific identity or expression of how we glorify Jesus Christ and how we accomplish those five things as described in Acts and Matthew. And that we find not only in our mission statement, in our vision statement, and in our core values. So let me just share again this morning our mission statement. Here's our mission statement. It's to make disciples who serve Christ by serving people. That's a who, not a who-ile. Sorry. A who That's a who, all right? So I don't want to get emails, texts, anything on Facebook. Hey, you misspelled who wrong. Okay? It wasn't me. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, anyways, there it is. See? Corrected in real time. It's all good. So, anyways. Um, so, that is... That is our mission statement. It's to make disciples Did you, who, make, who serve Christ by serving people. Did you catch the first part of that mission statement? To do what first? Make disciples. That's right out of Matthew 28, the Great Commission. As Jesus commanded, to go and make disciples. Um, and we've got the N in mission statement, so it's mission state. So just FYI. So, spell check obviously wasn't working today. It's done on a Mac, that's why. So, anyways, mission statement, okay? Um, Here's the thing. We are dedicated to making disciples in our expression who will serve Christ by serving people. Ultimately, for us, in our expression... Of how we accomplish those five things as outlined in Acts and Matthew, our particular way of doing that is to make disciples who ultimately will go serve others. That's really important. We are all about that. We are all about serving, we are all about expressing Jesus' love in real and tangible ways to others. That is our unique way of doing it. Other churches will have other unique ways of doing that, and that's wonderful. That's the beauty of the diversity of the body of Jesus Christ. This is our way. And again, it's not the way, it is a way, as there are many ways of doing this. Okay. Now, here, and this is something maybe you haven't seen as much, is our vision statement. And it's this that every person would know Jesus really does love them because of the visible acts of being served by his followers. Heart's desire, our vision, is that every single person, whether they come to this church or don't, would know that Jesus really does love them because of the visible acts of being served by his followers. That's our vision. That every person would know, man, Jesus really does love you. He really does. He really loves you. And you know why? Because we serve. You can actually see it. You can actually hear it. You can touch it. It is tangible. That's a real love. We're not not simply going to just Say it. We're going to show it. Jesus said this, right? No greater love does one have for another than what? lays down his life for him. It's one thing to say it. It's another to actually show it. At Summit Ridge, we want to show it. That is our vision, is that every person would know that Jesus really does love them. I think it's the first time I've shared that vision statement with you. And by the way, it has taken years to kind of finesse that. And I'm not even too sure we're still there yet. Right? That is what we are aiming to do here at Summit Ridge. And so therefore, based on that, and in addition to that, our core values. Our core values, we have four of them here. Grace, community, serving, and generosity. There are things that at Summit Ridge we do with all three of those things brought together that we need to continue to do going forward. So let me highlight a couple of them. One is this, serve. At Summit Ridge Community Church, what an opportunity we continue to have to serve others, particularly in this time. Amen? And this morning, we get to celebrate some of the things that we have been able to do here at Summit Ridge. One of them is these Christmas boxes over here, is that we have these Christmas boxes that have been brought in by all of you, that these Christmas boxes will now go out to children around the world who are probably living in situations that are far worse than we are living in who are facing struggles that maybe we, because of where we are, maybe have not fully understood what those struggles are because we have not experienced them ourselves. But now all of a sudden they're going to get a box that all of a sudden they're told, hey, Jesus loves you. And now they're actually going to see some tangible evidence that Jesus does love them because of what's in these boxes. It's a beautiful thing a beautiful thing. And not only that, a couple of months ago, or maybe just about a month ago, we gave some money to ICS to help purchase Chromebooks for families, mothers, single mothers of children who need these Chromebooks so they can do online learning. In addition to that, we have continued to serve by bringing in all sorts of supplies that will be given to area organizations around here in Tucson. It's just unbelievable. Guess what church? We need to continue to do that. We need to continue to do that. We 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 are not going to stop. We need to continue to serve our community. And so what I want to do right now is I want to take a few moments. And I want to pray. Let's pray for these boxes. Let's pray for those children that are going to get these Chromebooks. Let's pray for those who have been told and now hopefully have seen in some tangible way that Jesus really does love them. Let's take a few moments and do that right now. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we want to pray this morning for these Operation Christmas Child boxes that have been brought here. Father, we pray that um, you would just bless these kids who will receive them. We pray, Jesus, that you would, in some way, in these boxes that are be given to them, that they would know that you really do love them, Jesus. That it is not just simply a phrase that has been repeated time and time again, but rather it is a phrase that will sink deep in their hearts because, Jesus, they know now some small tangible evidence that you really do love them. Father, we pray also for those children that are receiving Chromebooks to help them better able to engage in online learning, Father, because for right now, maybe they cannot be in person. Father, we pray that, again, the same as these children that receive these Christmas boxes, that these children would know how much you love them. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of the work that you are doing, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.